Hello and welcome to Las Blancas podcast. I am your host Yash Thakur and today I'm joined by Kanita to discuss Madrid derby Real Madrid's game against Atletico Madrid, the first Madrid derby of the season. A big game as has been the case in the previous one as well. We have a, we have discussed this before and we have mentioned this a lot of times that how significant these three uh, this run of three games is for us. So second game of that run I'm sure everyone listening to this already knows the result of the game and let me just begin off by saying Madrid is white as always and today we will break down the game we'll look at the lineup choices and every and all of that good stuff but before that how are you doing Kanita Oh hello yeah so Madrid is white so indeed <laughs> very good but uh, I must say that I am outraged and enraged, I'm just raging, fuming, yeah. And it's been uh, over, well, a lot, a lot of hours since the game, so it hasn't really gone down. And yeah, so let's just start to explain why <laughs> am I so enraged. Yeah, one of the reasons we are trying to record these parts a little later is primarily because it's pretty late for me uh, the timings due to like daylight saving and stuff the kickoffs are pretty late for me but also because generally after the games uh, a lot of the initial feeling is of frustration so we don't want to be that uh, we don't want to have that sort of bias when judging the game for what it was so let's get into the game enough talk uh, Let's get into uh, the lineups first and uh, let's di- there's a lot to discuss in this because uh, the selection choices from previous game to this game changed. There were some calls that, you know, there were some selection choices that uh, might have baffled people that did surprise me and, uh, you know, it also raises some more uh, extensive questions about the larger scale of what is going on this season and how uh, what it means for players who aren't in the starting lineup will they ever be able to get into the starting lineup and stuff so let's uh, quickly go through the lineup it was a typical 4-2-3-1 that we have normally gone with uh, this season Misa in goal Kenty returned to the right back position uh, Susa and Rocio now it's increasingly looking like these are the ones that is going to be our starting centre-back pairing. So it's Sousa and uh, Rocio at centre-back, Olga at left-back, then Toletti and Zornosa in, in the double pivot. And we have discussed this before about the shortcomings of this uh, combination and why uh, there was a case for uh, Teresa to start and stuff. And we'll get into that and uh, how it impacted us. But uh, the attack consisted of Athenea, Weir and Feller with Esther up top so pretty straightforward lineup obviously uh, coming from the previous game Ivana had dropped off uh, Kenty is back uh, as the right back now then Esther starts again uh, Feller is also there Feller performing really well in the past games she continues to start for the team good for her but it also the one thing that bugs me a little is that uh, it feels uh, we have talked about this that there seems to be uh, 
Toril has already formed his opinions about a lot of players and it feels like it's very difficult to change that uh, as the season has gone on. We have seen uh, what Tere could do. We have seen what Maite can do. And Maite has been a consistent presence off the bench, getting 15-odd minutes every time. Uh, Tere, I don't know, like we, every time they are on the pitch, we look a little better in possession. We have better ideas. We have better shot combinations and stuff. But no change there. Then let's not even start about uh, the striker position because it is increasingly feeling like if it's not Esther, the one that uh, Toril prefers is Feller and there's nothing wrong with that but with the sort of form Naikari is in, if she can't even make a start in that sort of form then I think that is curtains for, I, I don't know like if if that doesn't give uh, merit her a start, then it's very difficult to imagine when she would be starting. And I mean, these are big games. Like we have mentioned three very big games, Chelsea, Atletico Madrid, and the next one is even bigger because of the stakes. It has PSG. Uh, this game, we could have seen a little, not even rotation, because bringing these players in isn't like you're bringing in some lower quality players that is going to affect uh, it drastically affect the quality of the starting lineup these are very quality players who would definitely help the team and are more than capable of being the starters uh, at the club currently but they are not and that is where uh, we stand I guess uh, this rigidity and stuff I, I agree that managers have the right to have their players they want to play a certain way they have their uh, favorites they have their players that they trust that is completely fine but going into this run now next game uh, i i'm not i don't think there will be many changes to this lineup maybe one or two at best maybe savava comes in uh, probably or i don't know i don't expect ivana to come in next game maybe she does but Apart from that, I don't see a lot of changes happening. Maybe Toletti drops for uh, Tere in, in the midfield, but that is probably it. Uh, Esther will start again. Uh, the others, Susa and Rocio, will probably start as well. Atenea will start again. Where will start again. But yeah, I mean, a, we have talked about this as well, that tactically, we aren't like the most sophisticated side. So we have to try different options who would bring different things. Like when Feller was given the chance, she took it with both hands and provided a different uh, dimension to the attack. And uh, following that, she has been starting uh, games now and she has proved herself that she is uh, capable of making an effort. So has Naikari. And I think that should be that should have been taken into consideration here. And maybe could have given more minutes or could have given a start or something I don't know those are the only like overarching points about the selection about the team selection here uh, I'll quickly go through Atletico Madrid's uh, lineup as well so the initial thought when we saw the lineup so before the game started it it looked like it would be a 4-4-2 with uh, Ajibade and Marta Cardona as the front two and the uh, the four behind them were Sheila Garcia, 
the midfield of Lacey Santos and Irene Guerrero, Irene Guerrero, and Eva Navarro getting her first start on the left flank. It looked like it would be a four-four-two. Uh, the back four would probably have Lundqvist, uh, Cinta Rodriguez, uh, Meryl Van Dongen, and uh, Andrea Medina with Lola Gallardo in goal. So it looked like it would be a four-four-two, but that was a bit of a curveball uh, as the game game started. We realized it was more of a four-one-four-one with Ajiba there as the lone striker, Marta Cardona operating as the right winger. And Sheila Garcia operating as the part of the two behind the striker with Lacey Santos. Eva Navarro was on the left flank, and the rest of the lineup was the same. Uh, Atletico Madrid were missing a few of their players, like key players. Ludmila was not there, Maitane was not there, and Barbara Latore also was not there. These are players who have uh, caused us problem in previous derby, uh, and are incredibly. Uh, effective players, so they were missing a few. Eva Navarro had just returned from injury, like she had been training training with the team for twenty one days, uh, I guess. And in the last game against Valencia, if I'm not wrong, she got her first few minutes with the team this season. So she, very talented player, but injuries have uh, sadly derailed a lot of her progression in the last couple of years. But she was starting; that was a big one. So based on those lineups, I've been speaking for for a long while, and I'll hand it over to you, Kanita, to take your thoughts on our lineup and what you may made of, uh, uh, and about your thoughts about Atletico Madrid's lineup as well, if you had any. So I mean, yeah, the lineup is pretty much unchanged from the last game, from the Chelsea game, and I didn't really expect it to be that much unchanged. Um, basically, we just had canteen instead of Ivana and it's um we talked about how Ivana is not even a real right back and she played as a right back so I mean that's the most you know the the sub that was most most needed <laughs> you know to put it on the actual right back there but um yeah I don't know it's as you said like standard lineup uh from Toril and I, I I don't know um my my reaction was like oh again and i mean not it, it's me plus um it's my opinion mixed with a lot of others that was you know that influenced my opinion as well at that time uh that i mean you know about esther um having a few bad games and still starting so i mean yeah it's uh, it's a lot of questions there, and I don't know. It's just standard, not surprising, but still annoying to see. And yeah, I really don't know what else to say to it. Yeah, so like frustrations are, I think, valid here. Frustrations in the more in the sense of concern, like we are seeing some sort of uh, issues that might haunt us in the future moving forwards and we want the best of the team so we want maybe these are actual concerns that will haunt us and we don't want to be uh, like captain hindsight when this happens oh yeah we should have rotated here we should have done this because there have been options and there have been opportunities and we haven't like taken them 
so yeah let's let's move on forwards this was the lineup basically and enough uh, discussion has been done about that in the past as well and now here so uh, like i mentioned uh, atletico madrid's lineup looked like uh, or it was presented uh, as it would be a 4-4-2 of sorts with uh, cardona and ajibade as the front two so the initial impressions uh, about uh, initial tactical impression that i had and i was having this discussion with om uh, before the game began and we felt the the inclusion of eva navarro and uh, sheila garcia as the wide players initially as it was projected or as it was anticipated would mean that uh, atletico madrid would go aggressive and try to pin our full backs uh, behind and then uh, we know ajibade can run the channels excellently well like she has done that in the previous derby caused us a lot of problems and uh, if if you guys remember cardona was used as a part of a front two in one of our friendly games and she did really well there uh, but cardona this season has been a hit and a miss most uh, like returning from injury she has been a bit inconsistent a bit uh, you know unpredictable in the way she uh, impacts the game in the way she has her impact on the game some of she produces some brilliant moments but in a lot of the moments she looks unsure about what she wants to do on the ball and she seems to have lost that initial bit of uh, you know uh, initial beast, uh, burst of acceleration that would ha- that was a key part of her play style so that was a problem area but initially what we thought was with eva navarro and um, eva navarro being an excellent 1v1 winger out wide this would mean that we would uh, they would try to like pin our full backs back and that would hinder us a lot because we know we have seen in the past that our full backs pushing up and our wide players are essentially very important to our scheme that is where most of our possession gets funneled to that is where we like to attack from and that is how we want to we like to progress our ball from so that is our go to a wide areas are very important and this would mean that uh, our full backs would probably be limited and uh, it would also mean that the wingers will probably have to help a lot uh, in behind in defense uh, that was the initial impressions from my side but as the game unfolded it turned out to be a bit different and we'll see we'll get into that so game begins and uh, inside the first 2 minutes we we see what i expected from the game initially ajibade makes two runs into the channel and atletico madrid were consistently trying to find her with a lofted ball in behind uh, and the interesting thing here was now i've mentioned this as well uh, i've actually spoiled this that atletico madrid weren't lined up in a 442 it was a 4141 so what what was happening was Marta Cardona who was operating as a right winger would often like drop and drag uh, Olga with her drop deep and come inside and uh, drag Olga with her so that would leave a lot of space for Ajibade to uh, run into in between Rocio and Olga that space was completely empty and she could like charge there and in the opening 2 minutes we saw her do that twice now when i saw that i was like okay this is going to be a problem for the entire night now because it is very easy to just play through that and they can just they can have irene play a long ball in behind in that channel and 
just cause us trouble because Ajibade is really quick uh, so it's very difficult to come up against her when she's making those sort of runs into the channel and I thought okay this is, go this is going to be this is going to be a problem area for us but overall in the opening 10 minutes I think that is the window that we should be discussing separately uh, from the first half opening 10 minutes it felt a little more of a back and forth like first two three minutes Atletico Madrid are coming at us they are making those runs they are trying to get the ball in the box some bad crosses uh, and then on the other end we, we go in attack we get a corner we have uh, Esther's shot being blocked uh, and then Rocio's shot being blocked as well so like initial corners and stuff in inside seven minutes I think both team had had one 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 corner each so it it was a good it was a good start I would say it, it felt like okay this is this is the feeling of derby players are going to go at it like inside like seven eight minutes we had our first uh, disagreement or argument on the pitch between players with Rocio and Ajibade uh, coming together and having a sort of physical duel inside the box on on the corner so it felt like yeah this this is going to be that derby feeling game again and it has started heated up uh, heating up in the inside 10 minutes but <laughs> it didn't turn out that way and before we get into that I, I want to take your thoughts uh, on what you felt about the initial few minutes what you felt about uh, Atletico Madrid setup uh, inside those 10 minutes and how you felt game would unfold following that uh, 10 minute window from what we saw uh yeah well actually i've seen a lot of uh fighting on the sides like uh fella feller had to intervene a few times and olga was already up against cardona and i was like oh wow um, so you know cardona's homecoming and everything so this is gonna be interesting you know it's probably for it was probably interesting for in the entire fan base uh but um yeah it was just especially like even in the first five minutes it was like at least three times they were fighting on the side and fella has having to intervene in that uh, like um just outside the defensive line like in the middle um it's it's just it was it was very wild and uh i mean when you mentioned that corner uh, before which um, Rocio had a whole fight, um, actually it it looked re really promising because it was like a double save or double block. Actually, I think from the defense, it was first um, Esther who shot it. It was um, like she was pretty much there at the um at the goal but you know everyone else was positioned there as well and then uh the block uh, goes to Rocio and she takes the rebound but uh, it doesn't really get far you know it just doesn't even get near the uh, near the net like <laughs> uh so that that looked promising um the like you said like it in the first 10 minutes, it looked like a classical Madrid derby with a lot of uh, back and forth excitement and everything. But um, I think this kind of 
yeah, just put our expectations way higher, like you already said it. <laughs> so, um, but uh, oh, also like in nine, nine, 10th minute, like 9.15, I also saw like Atenea whooshing around, you know, like twirling with the ball and everything like against like free athletic players. And um, that was also a sign for me that Tanea is in the mood to do that. And when she's in the mood to do that whooshy whooshy stuff, um, it doesn't usually get to do anything concrete. And I believe we'll actually add on to that later because this is like just an introduction. But I just wanted to... Um, mention it because it will become uh, more apparent later on so yeah yeah so initial 10 minutes getting a bit of a derby vibe feeling like yeah maybe this game could be fun this game could be interesting and well it was but then it got a little I don't know neither team looked like they were in control again and this has started to become a theme of ours like we never seem to be very assured of of what is happening in the in the game uh, we don't have a lot of control over it uh, so let's let's talk about the uh, tactical setup like let's let's get into the tactics first and let's see how that uh, affected how we controlled the game or how we tried to manage the game in the first half. So like I mentioned, the the setup of Atleti was a 4-1-4-1. So they, were, they always had an extra body in midfield. So they, it was very easy for them to like bypass our first line of pressure. And a lot of our chance creation mechanism is A, either causing uh, like having high turnovers in mid, uh, in the attacking third and then creating from them or using our wide areas so our, our pressing scheme is is a bit important to the way we create as well uh, we press in a 4-4-2 with uh, we are joining uh, Esther and Esther making uh, some very good uh, curved runs in those pressing sequences to cut off the pitch in half and block passing angles and then we have pressure from Weir uh, who very intelligently anticipates the uh, next pass and helps us recover the ball. We saw that against Chelsea that is how our goal came and our pressing scheme is pretty important to the way and to the effectiveness with which we create chances and today Atletico Madrid in that game they managed it very well. They found it very easy to beat our first line of pressure so the way they were set up in a 4-1-4-1 they were building in that uh, formation as well so it was the two center back split uh, on the either side of goalkeeper with now now the thing is they only have one uh, midfielder in the deeper areas Irene but uh, Lacey Santos was consistently dropping deep so what happened was she was either uh, dragging one of the midfielders with with her like most probably it was Zornosa for most times Zornosa was following her and 
what it meant was then sheila would also drop sheila garcia and then now it's like a 3v3 uh, but toletti isn't unsure to uh, whether to follow sheila garcia deeper or to let her go and where now has uh, an interesting challenge where she doesn't know if she wants to mark uh, just irene or like go and block uh, the pass to the possible pass to uh, sheila garcia and that this is where the options opened up even if we tried to cut the pitch in half for them they still had an extra free body in midfield at all times and that made it very easy for them to like uh, pass around the ball and beat our first line of pressure and this also enabled a lot of short connections from them so like they had very good access on the pitch to uh, uh, in the midfield especially like the distances between their players was uh, pretty short so they were able to like quickly play those exchanges after dragging the players from deeper areas and then attack the space in behind as well so we saw that and that really uh, that really hurt us uh, in ways that you know it really it proved to be detrimental to the way we pressed and the way we attacked using our press and that was one major factor uh, it didn't look good in the first half another way this affected us was in the way we tried to build up uh now the 4141 formation has two players in behind the striker so they both occupied our double pivot already the wide players were on the full back and what it meant was now the central area was completely gone we there was no way we could uh, play through the middle because that option was gone both the players were player were marked by atletico's player the wide options were gone which is our probably the go to way in the way we try to build so it was either going to be a long ball or somebody from the forward line dropping and making themselves available in between the uh, one line of four uh, in between the two lines of four uh and that is what we were trying to do a lot of times we were trying to pass the ball to susa most probably and then susa would just hoof it long in search of an option maybe to ester maybe to uh, veer maybe to feller but none of these players are actually though that kind of a hold up uh, style of forward or a hold up style of player who would just receive with the back to goal with a player on the back and just hold possession until support arrives these are not that kind of players and maybe like the only way to get past this was to have support from your forward line dropping deep maybe maybe this could have meant uh, that ester could have done a little more where she drops uh, where she drops uh, between the lines and makes herself available to receive but that did not happen a lot it happened once in in the 14 15th minute uh, where like she dropped and then uh, the ball was quickly switched over to other side for feller she dropped off she laid off the ball and it was quickly switched over to the other side and that is how that is that was the way we could have played across uh, uh, around their scheme but that did not happen consistently and that did not happen consistently for a reason because Esther isn't well suited for that like Esther wants to get on the ball get the ball to her feet she doesn't want the ball consistently being received uh, above her head or like at her head level because her hold up play is good she can fend off challenges but 
playing with the back to goal and playing with a uh, with a ball uh, bouncing off is different from receiving the ball to your feet with a player at the back and that is where we weren't able to execute this blueprint of what happened in the 13th minute because that 13th minute chance actually resulted in a failure shot uh, if i'm not mistaken at least that's what i have in my note but that wasn't replicated a lot and the reason for that was because the players on the pitch weren't well suited to play that way and atletico madrid setup made it very difficult for us to play through our midfielders through the middle so that really hampered us and it as the game kept going on as the first half kept going on this became even more significant and it continued to hurt us a lot and that is where like the game started going all downhill we start we lost the grip completely after the 25 minutes and stuff and it started becoming really frustrating and a sort of like hey, you want to pull your hair like what is happening again it, it, the frustrations were same in uh, in against chelsea in a different sort of way but there were frustrations and it continued uh, here as well so i've been again speaking for a, a lot of rambling from my end about the tactical stuff but i felt that was uh, necessary because it was an interesting setup from atleti uh, and there were some very good uh, things that were happening on the pitch but i'll hand it over to you kanita and i'll take your thoughts on what you felt went wrong for us what you felt went right for atleti or what you felt in general about how we lost control or how we lost grip of that first half and what else did you notice in the first half um yeah okay so at around 15th minute i um i began noticing i mean i um kept i began wondering like what about the pressing so it didn't really look like um either team was really going to press like directly you know um to mark each player uh so it's actually interesting because exactly at 15th minute i start to notice something uh you know worth taking that i actually understand so it's actually uh so it's like 15th minute nothing much was happening but our defense was pretty much passing to each other you know like uh where with, uh, with center backs uh to kenti then kenti back to center backs and so on and so on they i don't think they uh tried with olga but it's basically they they were preparing to attack on the right because you know kenti was there and but what happened so it, it kept going for like a minute or something so uh Atletico di- didn't really come to us, didn't really come to the to our def- defense, but the two players they had up uh, were kind of uh, wide. So they, they, they were, I don't know, they were, they actually read, read us after a while that they were going to attack from the right side. It's what I saw. And they just started moving more towards our right side and that was very interesting because they were a bit pulled back they weren't going directly for our center backs 
like we uh like we are used to pressing the center backs you know with the, our uh, attackers but so that so though that keeps happening and we we somehow manage the ball to get the ball uh literally uh through the right side on the line like almost through the line and Kanti made the run and uh passed to Atenea like that she was in line with the box you know outside of it like at the line she didn't really have a way uh out of it so she passed it to Atenea and I mean that's where it ends she tries to dribble and loses the ball but um th- that's that's when I started noticing how uh Atletico what was like n- trying to go indirectly for us and like two minutes later it's a very similar thing <laughs> so this time with Olga Rocio actually is going through the center she's trying to move past their defense like she thought oh they're not going for me so I'm going up instead However, when she just uh, started to do that, they went for her immediately, like around the halfway line, and she was forced to pass back. And the most open player there, and the easiest one to pass to, was Olga, and she was behind her. And so Olga was there. They didn't go for her immediately when Rocio passed. I, I'm pretty sure. They planned that. And Olga then uh, starts to go up and she she gets pressed from her left side. So she's not really at the very sideline like Kanti was. So she was um, kind of a one-fourth of the field from the line. So she's getting pressed from her left side. She, isn't, she can't go onto the wing. So uh, she's forced to pass to the side, and that's where it gets intercepted. She fails the pass, and they go to a counter attack. Uh, so they they um, produce this danger, and uh, I think uh, I think they send it uh, like passing to Cardona on the right wing, and Rocio stopping it in the end. So. That that's very interesting because I started to notice it in fifteenth minute, and there were two instances in the next two minutes. So um, that's that's pretty much what I have from my tactical notes <laughs> um, from Atleti's side. Yeah, so pretty pretty interesting stuff. And like I mentioned, that I I, I like we have pointed out what Atleti were trying to do, and we have also pointed out how we could have probably played uh like around them around that tactic but again this is wishful thinking this is what should have happened and but the things don't work like that what happened happened on the pitch and it wasn't a great uh it wasn't really a great look you know i'm not personally a fan of this just booting the ball long into a hopeful vertical pass and and I'll lead into that like there there was clear uh, issue and I'll lead into that when we continue talking more about the game but this caused problem as well like uh, Kanita pointed out as well it's 
it's not really it's suboptimal use of your resources basically you have players who are very good on the ball you have players who uh, are comfortable short to medium ranges not everyone is a is an excellent distributor over long range playing a long range ball is is a very difficult and to be completely honest a risky affair and that is why teams like to keep their connections short keep teams like to have their players close to each other so that they they can form this combinational play and that uh, well that did not that hasn't happened a lot with the sort of selection that we have it has always been a sort of problem and when the opponent tries to mark our options then it becomes increasingly difficult because then we are completely out of ideas as well so yeah not ideal let's let's put it like that uh then in the as we mentioned like i do you have any other notes that you want to add because uh from my end what i have is then atleti atleti did look good in in those opening few minutes it it looked like they are going to hurt us cardona especially looked uh pretty pretty good like some of the moments were off some of her touches were off but she looked sharp in in a sense in a way that she hasn't looked a lot this season uh but uh, some of her touches were good some crosses did not have the proper weight did not have the proper curl but she was looking like she wanted to make an impact she was uh her duel against olga especially like let's let's talk about that okay let's let's touch upon that the duel between olga and cardona was not only interesting because of how it was opening up space for uh, ajibade to run into but also the aggressiveness with which both the players were uh, trying to get one up on each other it was really fun to watch uh, i i think Cardona once nutmegged uh, Olga as well so nutmeg mention for the for this pod is done <laughs> but uh yeah so that was that like uh, Cardona made some good runs and the way the way i mentioned aggressiveness uh, is because uh Olga was one of the way like Cardona was dropping deep and she was coming inside as well a lot because Lundqvist would uh, run in support on the overlap she was doing that and when she could receive then she had space to either turn if not close down so olga had no choice but to press her uh, aggressively and olga is really quick so like she did not give time to a player who ha- has hasn't looked like as assured on the ball as before who is struggling to get it get to her previous self the previous confident self that she was on the ball and olga tried to slowly like take uh, use it to her advantage and as the game went on i think olga did sufficiently well to m- maybe be declared as the winner in that duel but yeah cardona had her moment cardona produced some good some good moments against olga like i mentioned one of those one of that nutmeg was pretty good so that was that i think that duel was pretty interesting and it was it was a fun watch uh, honestly then towards the end of the first half uh, in the 36th uh, minute i think eva navarro is fouled outside the penalty box and uh, atletico madrid have a free kick lacy santos takes it it's uh, hit over nothing comes off of it then towards the closing 5 minutes of the game we start to see a bit of uh, 
urgency in possession a bit of urgency to try to create something to try to enter their box because so far it hasn't been that much the first half for both teams didn't result in many like very good chances but towards the end of the first half like those final five minutes we saw Toletti be take the initiative twice first she made a run into the box and uh, received the ball in her stride and then tried to play the ball across it was blocked then uh, instantly like the next minute she reads the play well intercepts it carries a bit uh, the bo- carries the ball a bit uh, through the midfield and then tries to find where on the on the from making a run from the right uh, nothing comes off of it where takes a touch too many nothing comes off but we saw that Toletti was willing to make those sort of uh, runs from midfield carry the ball forward uh, through the middle and try to make something happen and one of the strengths of Toletti that we have mentioned when we signed her is she's pretty good at picking her time and spot to make those darting runs into the box and that is what she did in that uh, in the 41st minute chance where she made a darting run into the box received the ball I think it was from Olga if I'm not wrong or Feller I, I can't remember but received the ball from them and made a run towards the byline trying to play a ball across it was blocked but it was it it seemed like we were trying to be incisive now and that was nice to see so i think that was probably uh, it in terms of action that happened in the first half do you have anything else to add kanita or any specific moment that you want to uh, add to the conversation um well not really specific i mean you pretty much said the specifics that um, I mean this instance after um, this whole Toletti thing you were talking about uh, I mean how how our well chances played out like they could be uh, put into two groups and this is one of them so the first group would be like after so basically after she recovered it she ran the entrance of the box you said so Weir was just inside of it so she passed to her but as soon as Weir gets it uh she gets surrounded and she tries to like move past them she doesn't manage obviously because they just suddenly come in front of her and so that's it that's one of the instances we had our chances you know it's usually Atenea who it's something like that in the box uh but the other one was the infamous crosses the random crosses and i we've been mentioning them the whole time like for many many podcasts and i mean uh, in the first half we kind of started doing a couple of crosses i can't, I, I can't even find the notes so uh, the the first half wasn't full of our crosses. Uh, it was more actually of Atleti trying to put crosses inside. But um, I mean, we'll probably talk about it later. That in the second half we just went berserk with the crosses anyway. So basically, I just wanted to add on to those two groups of our attacks. Yeah. So in terms of actions, I think that pretty much concludes it. Now we have discussed the tactical problems with the first half. So this uh, obviously translates into what we felt would be the changes in the second half because obviously 
going forward with this wasn't really going to help us make any sort of progress we definitely needed changes so one of the first changes that came to my mind was we needed uh, Tere in there because the double pivot of Zornosa and uh, Toleti does have some limitations like there is no denying and especially in defensive transitions this this uh, double pivot definitely gets caught because Zoronosa is uh, like as good as she is she is not great at uh, defensive transition situations she lacks the pace she lacks the defensive awareness and the positioning in that sense so it's not ideal like we have we have mentioned this before we have discussed this at length uh, before and I don't want to be like going on repeating that but the first change that came to my mind was we needed Tere and that is one of the calls that I think uh, Toril has to make and Toril has to like put his feet down and maybe make a definite case for uh, uh, Tere in the lineup now because the way she helped us, the way she impacted the game after coming, uh, okay, that's another spoiler, she came on in the second half, is is pretty significant and we'll discuss that. But what, what did you thought of the changes in terms of what, what would you have changed from the first half in terms of personnel or any specific instructions? Um, I mean, yeah, so very early on, actually, I think it, it was in the middle of the first half that we saw uh two players warming up and they were Tere and Maite. Uh but like I saw them and like they they actually started warming up at the twenty sixth minute by the way. Um and I thought oh yeah this definitely <laughs> calls for um at least one of them, uh, preferably both of them. Um and yeah I mean Tere does come in half time. So it it just like in games like this, 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 this team screams for, you know, um, for both of them. I w- I would put po- both of them because, uh, first of all, they have been game changers. Like both of them have been game changers this season, and uh, they're also in this group of players that's just under a huge question mark. Like why does real sometimes forget about their existence randomly and then uh re- re- remember that he can use them uh, later on uh, again so i mean yeah it, it was pretty much obvious that what the game needed so i'm uh it's very good that that actually got on uh, at halftime and except for that i didn't really think there were many much many more things to Change. I mean, I, I, Sonosa was really bugging me, <laughs> like what what you just said. Um, so yeah, I, I I agree with that sub, and um, also Esther didn't really uh, contribute anything, and that was pretty much changed anyway. So, yep. Yeah. So we both expected uh, Tere to be on the pitch in the second half and that is what we got so Tere was introduced in the uh, right at the start along with uh, Sophie Savava uh, Esther and Zoranosa who both did not have good games and Esther uh, Esther's impact directly has been a bit 
a bit of a concern like she she has she has been doing good bits but uh, there are some areas where we need her and that's just not her play style she cannot help her uh, help us in ways that some specific situations required like against atletico madrid uh, uh, for example we needed somebody who could who would be able to like receive those bouncing long balls if that is how we wanted to play and hold off uh, the challenges from the defender who, who was aggressively trying to close her down so and to be honest in our squad maybe the only player that could have done that is probably moller hansen because she could she has a great hold up play that is one of her strengths maybe feller as well to some extent but esther's uh, play style is not that and uh, when when that is happening when there's a conflict of playing style and the way we want to the way we want to play around play around the uh, other opposition then it makes sense to have a change but so this this change happened in the in the second half savava came on for ester so that meant feller has now again moved uh, to operate centrally olga had pushed up uh, on the left flank and tere just took zoronosa's place in in the double pivot so opening minutes uh, in the 53rd minute uh, ajibade is in behind makes a run in behind and misa does really well to save the 1v1 and the way this chance actually initiated and the way this will segue us into another important discussion about hopeful long balls and uh, risky verticality was that this this sequence of possession for atletico madrid uh, resulted from susa trying to make a vertical pass a, a riskier vertical pass that gets intercepted and ajibade is then played in behind because now susa has like come forward to play the pass and there's space in behind her so that gets attacked ajibade is in behind misa does really well to not just save the 1v1 but also then avoid the corner so that was that and this is what we meant by n- not having an affinity for the hopeful long balls because a when your team is not set up to utilize uh, the certain sort of tactical instruction or certain sort of way of playing it it really puts you at a disadvantage it really concedes possession like in this moment the turnovers in these situations can prove really uh, you know detrimental for us they could result in direct goals and that is not ideal you know <laughs> you don't want to concede possession in situations where it is easier for the opposition to uh, hurt you you don't want that and we kept doing that it wasn't the first time susa had misplaced a long ball and this has been uh, an issue uh, for a long time now that her distribution over range has not been as as good as one would expect because it is literally one of her uh, positive points that she can spray the long ball but now with uh, just a little pressure or anything she isn't able to pull those off and that really like causing turnovers in that situation and giving the opposition the chance to attack doesn't really always turn out to be you know 
misa won't always save everything that is coming in behind in one v one situations and eventually one of them we will one of them will score and we will be one nil down inside the opening 5 10 minutes of the second half and that changes momentum and that leads to other problems throughout the half then so game state changes things and we shouldn't be <laughs> betting against that consistently by our own mistakes when there are options to play it short and play it safe and just circulate and wait for those passing lanes to open and have your players be close to each other so there uh, there are access they always have access to at least two to three passing options uh, even when pressed and having we have players who are press resistant like tere is press resistant maite is press resistant uh, veer is excellently press resistant so you have those players try to find them uh, try to find the ball to their feet so that they can turn away maybe receive on the half turn and beat the incoming challenge and run into space and you know just stuff like that it's it's basic but it, it's very hard to implement i understand that as well but hopeful long balls aren't helping anyone so <laughs> it's not really the best of choices then and i'll lead i'll lead this on i'll just mention this and then i'll hand it over to you kanita uh like from that point on from that uh, ajiba de chance we had one we had one shot from uh, athenea from outside the box but uh, it it was from like a corner that was half cleared and stuff and athenea tried to uh, shoot but i think it it was blocked or it was saved easily then in the beyond that it wasn't like a lot of uh, chances per se and in this period of you know 50 to 75 a minute atleti like sort of saw marginally more of the ball but they weren't threatening as much but they were able to like uh, get the ball because they were able to get the ball and just keep it with them for a bit it wasn't like dangerous possession they weren't um, able to like create a lot of threat in the final third but it, they had marginally more of the ball and apart from that like there weren't many chances there were a few chances from set pieces but we will get into that uh, when we discuss the goal uh, later on but what what did you make of this uh, opening like 50 to 75 minute window and what did you think was going right or did you see any changes or did you see no change at all from from the first half yeah i mean <laughs> for how the half actually started it started off really really slow like in the, literally the first few minutes were just throwins uh just throwins and i think it was on our attacking right side um and then we were caught in offside and then uh, atleti got the ball and then they started with their flow um moving and everything um also like in these opening minutes um there have been a couple of instances where fellas uh recoveries um were really apparent <laughs> and how she does them like you can you can just twirl around to um try and like surround the player herself to um recover the ball which was 
which is pretty neat. Like I, I haven't really seen anyone in the team do that as Wolfella. And yeah, oh, oh, also I need to mention that in this like time frame, uh, Atletico was caught offside wrongfully twice. Uh, so that was interesting now, but uh, there was also um, like to around 69th minute, there was also a, an apparent handball um, in Atleti's box, which I haven't really analyzed much. Um, I haven't really slowed down the replay uh, to really check. Uh, they replayed it twice and uh, at first glance, it does seem like a um, handball, uh, but I, I don't know. I mean, it was Van Dongen who apparently could have done that <laughs> handball. Uh, but yeah, it was it wasn't really shot from a ne- from a near distance. You know, it was uh, pretty apparent. Like if it was a handball, and the the ref saw it, it could have easily been. A clear penalty but yeah we it's um, it's not even talked about so i'm not i'm guessing everyone else missed it um uh, as well um and i mean i already said like made an introduction into these like um process which we started to do like we mentioned long passes to you know, i don't know the uh, useless ones. Well, uh, our crosses to nowhere are, are also quite useless. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they they don't really make sense. Um, they just cross inside the box, and maybe someone gets it. Like maybe that's the idea. I don't understand. But I mean, we even if the cross doesn't make it in, we. Still try to do it, like especially from Atenea side, like Atenea, especially Atenea. <laughs> I mean, um, and I want to mention this one instance because just because of the rival player, uh, Medina, and like in 66 minute, um, Ate was running to the ball and she was right at the line, like the goal line, and she was uh, very deep, and she was just right about. To, uh, make the cross, but Medina was really quick with the tackle and gave the corner, and um, that was a pretty, pretty neat <laughs> tackle. So I wanted to mention it. Um, and like, I think that's, that's right from that corner. Um, that yeah, it's actually from that corner. Like after that corner, like Kenty gets the ball and crosses it inside. And yeah, I think we both have it in our notes. Uh, so basically, um, gets the ball, crosses it inside, and gets like re- really far away. Like Rocio is in the dead angle, right? So, like she's uh, right almost at the goal line, uh, but like not in front of the goal, obviously. Uh, so the only way is to get it back. So she heads it back right to Kathleen. Uh, who was who was positioned there at the at the goal, uh, but the Rocio's head uh, head pass was like a bit too high, uh, so it just bounced off the top of Kathleen's head. 
and basically it didn't end up in the net. Um, so, um, I mean, I, I saw that you have it in the notes, so uh, I want to I want to hear what you want to say about it. What what do you want to add? Yeah. So about uh, the chances that we managed to create from from corners, and we tried. We we actually created a few good opportunities or had some half chances as well from corner situation before we get into that like in the 74th minute we have another sub with Toletti coming off and Maite coming on and uh, from this point on towards till the end of the uh, uh, till the end of the game this really saw the uptick in the way we were like playing because now with Maite and Tere in in the double pivot the thing that I kept talking about short connections about having access to the players that coming star that started coming into the forefront a lot more and that kept happening uh, our progression improved a bit and with Maite we were able to circulate the ball pretty well uh, and that resulted in while from until 75th minute Atleti had just marginally more of the ball from 75th minute till the end of the minute that changed and we saw more of the ball we created uh, a couple of dangerous opportunities as well towards the end of the uh, towards the end of the game so let's let's move on to the to the goal itself and then talk about how corners were an important part of our chance creation mechanism in this game so in the 83rd minute we get a corner uh, it's a well taken corner and Sousa attacks the ball really well, makes a run from from the blind side, gets in front of the defender, makes a very good jump, times her header perfectly and hits it down. Very good header, probably not possible to save a lot of times. And that's 1-0 to Real Madrid. And it wasn't just this chance that we managed to create in the uh, from, from corners. In the 66th minute, as Kanita has spoken of this, like Rocio uh, gets, uh, Rocio uh, receives the cross from uh, Kenty uh, at the far post. She plays a great header across the across the goal, and Susa is, is almost there to meet it. So that was one. Then in the 81st minute, just minutes before the actual goal, we had another corner where Feller managed to get her head on the ball but it just grazed her uh, grazed her head and it went off went out so there were uh, chances as well like the one i mentioned uh, earlier in the um, in the 58 minute as well Athenea had a shot from outside the box that too resulted from a corner which was half cleared by Atleti so we had managed to try we had tried to uh, maximize our impact from corner situations which is pretty good because uh, like if you can't hurt an opposition from open play like set pieces are a pretty good option and we have good set piece takers as well in our ranks so that is uh, really good it, it was a it was good to see that we were able to create a lot of opportunities from from corner and from set piece situations so i'll hand it over to you i'll uh, pass it on to you and take your thoughts about what you thought of the goal uh, the header from Susa and uh, what did you think of our chance creation from corner situations because I know you have speak uh, you have spoken about uh, not liking short corners and why they should be banned and your affinity for corners and stuff so yeah <laughs> yeah 
uh yeah so i'm guess i'll get i guess i'll leave with that first like before commenting on the goal i mean um yeah i mean i i was against both corners but uh i i said like uh they're not banned anymore in my in my eyes uh as long as they you know they keep calm and collected <laughs> i mean we we scored two against what VRL I think like like that, uh, and uh, I mean it worked. They were pretty clean and they tried quite a few um, short corners anyway before they um, before they scored the first goal like that. And but since then I haven't really seen us doing short corners. Um, so that that's interesting. I mean, I've uh, commented uh, about the Chelsea match, how the corners we took, it was uh, it was mostly weird. Um, it's probably all weird. And she would um, her long corners are usually end up way too close to the goal and way too easy for the goalkeeper uh, to catch, and it usually ended up like that. Uh, so sometimes those long corners um i don't know they have been looking the same maybe they've <laughs> maybe they've been planning something like um i want to magically appear there and to jump in front of the goalkeeper and head it in i i don't understand because they have been doing the same thing like here has been taking the same corners uh, Maybe it was planned. I don't know. I, I'm just guessing. Um, maybe just how weird takes the long corners. But yeah, I mean, we did have Terra on, uh, luckily, and we had her on for that goal. I mean, I mean, um, Terra Terra is known set piece queen. I. I want to call her that. Um, I think we should all sign a petition to make Tere take all the set pieces. Um, because yes, <laughs> I just no further explanation. I mean, that that was like the the assist and the header, like both both were to me equally fascinating. Uh, like might be less fascinating knowing that Pete actually does that a lot and go for her. Um and I actually complain when I don't see her in corners. Um like Teddy's on the pitch. Why is Teddy not taking that corner? And uh so sometimes it ends up being a combination for the short corner with Tere, but I really I really like when she does this uh, direct uh, cross inside, and I mean it works more with Tere. So just do the long cross, long corners with Tere. Uh, I don't know, short corners with Atenea and Weir. Like they practiced so much even during the Villarreal game. Um, so I don't know. Uh, so yeah, about the goal, uh, about the header actually, the near finishing. Um, that looked very clean, and I just want to add um, that the pictures from the side, um, 
of that exact moment when uh, Kathleen uh, pushed it. Uh, it really, really resembles a ninety-two forty-four moment of uh, Sergio Ramos. Um, uh, you know, against Atletico, obviously, <laughs> in the Champions League final, and uh, you you all probably know it anyway. Uh, but I mean, it was against Atletico. It, those pictures really resemble; like it was pretty much the same angle of those pictures. Uh, so yeah, that, that's just a fun uh, detail I noticed. So I mean, look for those pictures; they're not really hard to find. I think I think they're on Getty Images, uh, so you'll know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about the goal. Yeah, the header, the way she attacked the ball and the delivery, it does have a, a similarity with the with the goal that won us the La Decima. So, yeah, that's, that's a pretty neat observation. <laughs> yeah, see, uh, the derbies have always produced some sort of moments. Like we, in, in our short history as well, we have had derbies where we have, we have won with 10 players where we have won by shithousing like that game i still can't believe how we won that game so derbies have been fun in a short uh in a short uh, time existing as a women's team uh, and i hope it continues i hope we continue to win these games but let's talk about the game quickly like 83rd minute the goal happens and that from that point on it's all about it's all about game management so Freya, uh, in 86 minute we make a sub, Freya comes on for Olga and now this is just trying to see the game out by making defensive changes, by putting bodies behind the ball and trying to defend the 1-0 lead. Uh, in the 87th minute we have Weir making a good run in the box and taking a very good shot. Like Weir is pretty good at receiving the ball. Uh, on the half turn and taking the ball into her stride instantly and that is what like separates her from a lot of players because she doesn't break stride when receiving the ball and uh, that was a pretty good shot and uh, Lola made a good save uh, so that happened then in the 90 plus 2 or 90 plus 1 I think Naikari is brought on for Feller and I mean, at this point, there was just three minutes of added time, I think. So at this point, you have to like, I don't know, like we have had this discussion a lot of times on the pod. I think we just keep going over and over this this one point uh, in every single pod. But it has to be frustrating for the player itself uh, to come on in in like when there is literally just one minute remaining like 60 90 seconds remaining to just come on as a time wasting sub when you have been uh, in form when you have looked sharp throughout the season i don't know it it feels like a little i don't know it, it there is a better use for naikari in this team than a time wasting than just uh, just being a time wasting sub so yeah i hope we uh, do use her in in situations that benefits the team rather than being a time wasting sub so that happens uh, that's that's just the end of the game like nothing much happens after that atleti didn't do a lot from that 75th uh, minute on when uh, maite came on 
and we tried to we started creating more we started seeing the ball more and that is how the game ended so i'll i'll pass it on to you i know uh, you are pretty frustrated from the way uh, naikari is being used and everything but what were your closing thoughts uh, on the game in those final like 10 minutes after the goal what did you make of it what did you make of the freya sub what did you make of the naikari sub just take it away um okay so so here's this uh one thing i noticed which i t- didn't see anyone noticing but i have and it's very accidental so during the goal celebration they showed the bench celebrating uh and you know there was peril and the uh, staff there was also mila on the bench um and she got up to celebrate so in all that instance like they were uh hugging each other i um noticed on the um on the chair on aikari's shirt uh so i don't know but um like maybe around that goal like before the goal happened obviously maybe he was thinking about bringing her on uh maybe even mila i don't know why why she was doing right there where where she was like you can rewatch the goal and with the celebration you can see like she wasn't really uh on the bench she was uh way outside of it so i don't know maybe uh, at least one of them <laughs> would uh like maybe he was thinking about it so i don't know i mean uh also another digression someone from the someone one fan told me he was on the Stefano um the Chelsea game they told me that the ref actually asked uh, Toril a few minutes before Nikari would come on against Chelsea if he wanted to sub then but then he said no wait a few more minutes so then she ended up being subbed on 90th minute uh so um it probably wasn't a coincidence like you know this Chelsea thing with this shirt during the celebration uh but yeah so if that was the plan then uh, his um uh, plan must have changed after the goal because 3 minutes later he brought on Freya and I mean Freya is a defensive midfielder so it was obvious he just wanted to keep the result um I immediately said, "Oh no, why? <laughs> why like why does he sometimes do this like as soon as we score like especially in the like this and I mean after 80th minute um why does he just want to keep the result? It it to me it was such a weird sub. I mean, he subbed off Olga and brought on Freya. Uh he he really wanted to be more defensive i mean olga was already a defender but we do know she was more offensive uh anyway and freya is just typical like a defensive midfielder and it, it's just annoying me when he does that to be honest he just tries to keep the result and um one day it will not work out that way um just keeping the result and i don't think this team is uh, meant to keep the result like if you tell them uh defend with your lives you they will mess up no don't do that just you know 
keep the normal pace, stabilize it. Don't put more pressure on, you know, oh, we have to defend now. Defend. Uh, because, uh, I mean, this was before Freya came on, but literally, um, minutes later, after, like, minutes after the goal, uh, Bafetko gets a chance. <laughs> so, it's, um, it's a dangerous ch chance from uh, Shay, from Sheila Garcia, and uh, she was probably uh, basically running into the box, and uh, in the end, Rocio was the one who stopped her. Uh, she tackles it into the corner, so that's how the chance ended. But, uh, like, I, I, it, probably it was that chance that made Toril think, okay, bring Frey on. Uh, probably that one, but it's just incredibly annoying that he did that and that he does it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, you you asked me in the beginning how I felt. I said I'm enraged, <laughs> outraged, everything. So that's the Naikari sub was exactly why. Like, not just that. Um, the near process of rewatching this game for me was very very painful um and then this late sub just the cherry on top because one time is a factor to waste time you know like he did against chelsea even though it didn't didn't, didn't really make sense i mean we were one one and now we were one zero so yeah uh but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I saw, I saw her running to the bench in the 90th minute. And I saw, oh, he's not going to do it again, is he? And then he did. So, yeah, one time is a tactic, you know, time wasted thing. But second time in one week, it's kind of very bad. Very, very bad. And, yeah, it's, it's, um, as you said, like, it must be affecting her as well. Uh, I mean, how could it not be? I mean, she's subbed on as a time waster and the thing is that in both games this has happened uh especially uh, especially in this derby uh it was noticeable that fella was tired uh, from like i don't know 70th minute or something like this last 20 minutes she wasn't really in her usual mood uh and I don't understand this. <laughs> like this is this is one of the mo many things I don't understand with his subs because the substitutions lately have been questionable. Uh, not just because of who comes. Yeah, doesn't she come up earlier and was like played ninety minutes? This this counts ninety minutes. She she played ninety one minutes. <laughs> so yeah. And she played like 89 last game, so and she'll probably start against PSG next week. So, I mean, this week actually. <laughs> so, uh, he's overworking some of the players, he's underworking <laughs> the other players who are perfectly fine to play. So, yeah, I mean, that's I think that's the eternal discussion. Yeah, the eternal uh, discussion, and I and I wish it ends one day. The day it ends, my mind will be at peace. <laughs> I swear. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I already talked about the Atleti's chance after the goal, so... Um, 
Yeah, I mean the that that weird chance you talked about that was saved by Lola. Like, um, it, it's not like it's not really weird. The center of attention there, right? It was Maite because uh, the there was there has been the video circling around of what Maite did there. Like she was uh, whirling around with the ball against like three, uh, I don't know, two or three Atletico players around her. And she just managed to move past that. Like, she just looked like a dance. And uh, I, I don't know, typical Maita thing, but it looked, it, it's always so magical. So, um, yeah, another another one noteworthy. Note uh, note, yeah. Note worthy yeah moment <laughs> and yeah uh, i mean in 92nd minute it's also kenti but a yellow on cardona uh, but with the because of the tackle on cardona it was a pretty dumb tackle i mean it was pretty far far away i don't know uh but i feel like she asked for a yellow even before because like way before uh, way earlier in the second half she already did one uh, tackle around the halfway line. Uh, I don't remember on who, but uh, that's actually a tackle. She just punched the player. I don't know. She really asked for the yellow here, so she finally got the yellow in the second minute. And yeah, this is yeah. No one knows for me. Yeah, I mean it's a derby. <laughs> the tensions are high. The uh, now what what do you say the spirits are high and the adrenaline is high as well and players want to get into that action it was i i think it was uh, on eva navarro and she jumped from the back to meet the header in in the early in the second half but yeah that is once again on another pod naikari discussion uh, done i think that concludes uh, every bit of it for the action that happened in the first half as well as second half in the entire game now let's talk a couple things about some of the standout performers i felt uh andrea medina uh, had a pretty decent game now she plays at left back for atletico madrid she joined this season from uh, real betis uh, pretty good player like really good player her strengths lie in her ability to like use the ball and be that ball playing defender she is i think she is better suited as the left sided center back uh just because she is left footed so it opens up good angles for her to just receive the ball and spray it out wide or find a vertical pass for the winger and stuff and she was pretty aggressive with athenia her duel with athenia was pretty uh, fun she committed fouls but she was able to recover well and match her for pace at times even when she did manage to get in behind her so i think it was a decent game from her i wouldn't say like she was the best player on the pitch or anything she had her moments and uh, it's a young player she is uh, she's pretty young so it's one to follow uh, a pretty interesting player to follow a pretty good player to follow uh, then let's i mean we have to talk about marta cardona's uh, homecoming or a sort of homecoming because she started off well like she had like we discussed she had a moment she had her moments with olga in her duel she uh, got the better of olga at times uh, and it looked like she wanted to make things happen there were crosses although inaccurate there were crosses she was looking threatening in the space 
she was trying to carry the ball from from those wide areas after receiving deep she was doing bits but as the half and the game went on she waned off a little and that has been the theme of hers since returning from that injury that almost kept her out the entire season uh, uh, with us in the previous one but hopefully uh, she gets back to her usual self she does well uh, even though it's for a rival club you don't want a player suffering from injury to a uh, player to suffer from injury and just wane away um, a player that was as impactful as Marta Cardona was for us so yeah i mean it was a mixed bag of a game she had her moments but apart from that she did not produce much uh, to be honest for me uh, and then i think from our side the player that really stood out was feller again really impressive works very very hard like even when she is put as the central uh, striker in the second half she continues to press she closes down really quickly uh, she is slowly like starting to understand those sort of passing angles and blocking those sort of passing lanes curving her runs to half the pitch and stuff and she's incorporating that very quickly in her game uh, as the wide player she makes some really good runs in the channel and in behind the full back so that is pretty pretty nice like she she is progressing really well in the last few games and it is really nice to see uh, so hopefully that uh, that continues for her hopefully that continues for her and uh, it will be beneficial for the team uh, as a whole because she provides versatility across the front line as well so yeah feller's performance was good uh i think apart from that it was the subs that impressed like maite had a moment like you mentioned the press resistance against three athletic players that is what maite can add like when when you have a player to player marking scheme and you are not trying to not able to find a free option you need these sort of players to beat that initial one challenge and then there's space to exploit and maite can do that maite has been a creative spark as well this season uh she is one of the top rated players in terms of she is in the top 25 percentile across europe for uh for the expected assist value accumulated for all her completed passes according to fbref i've shared a, a visualization as well where i've pointed her out so she has been pretty good she has been one of the consistent players to come off from the bench like she is probably the go to option to uh, you know uh, one of her go to subs uh, at this point Uh, but yeah we should try to incorporate her a lot more she she's obviously very good on the ball uh, like we have seen many times and she adds value to the team so those were my standout players which which other players uh, really stood out for you kanita for from both teams yeah so i mean i have uh, shayla garcia in my notes a lot um i mean i even mentioned i actually haven't mentioned her <laughs> much uh, from my notes i missed a lot but um i actually mentioned that when chance right after the goal it, that it was her and uh, i've noticed her um recovering the balls a few times and making that uh making those passes to start the action immediately so this that's from atletico and on our side I would also uh, mention Rocio again. Um, I mentioned her against Chelsea. I'm, I'm mentioning her now. I mean, 
I've been mentioning her the entire pod, like, oh, Rossiya's top chance. This Atletico player was going. <laughs> she's going against Bajibade, she's going against Marta Cardona and everything. So, uh, yeah, I, I'd actually say she was our best player on the pitch. Uh, I'm not saying anyone was, like, notably bad. It's just that she was the best one on the pitch. And, yeah, that's it, I think. Okay, so this derby wasn't just a normal uh, derby. Like, it had its implications. Uh, we won the game. We currently sit second in the table with with a game in hand over the uh, rest of the rest of the teams trying to get into the top three we are uh, two points ahead of of Levante if I'm not wrong and three points ahead of uh, Madrid CFF in fourth position so we have the lead now we sit in a comfortable position behind Barcelona and the implication that this game had was Atletico Madrid sacked their manager immediately following the result so it was a pretty quick response. I don't know if uh, this has been in the works for a while, but the manager Oscar Fernandez was uh, relieved of his services. Let's say it like that. They were missing some players uh, in this game. Did not create as much. Uh, had some good ideas, uh, but yeah, they have been. They have not been as as good this season. So. It made sense that they tried to get rid of her, uh, get rid of him, and that is what like it was a pretty uh, instant change. Uh, honestly, like immediately after the result was done, the, they put out a statement and uh, he was gone. So now, uh, and this has been a theme that I haven't been a big fan of at Atletico Madrid. There have been a lot of changes. A lot of turnovers not just in terms of the squad but also in terms of managers they have seen a lot of managers uh, in the past couple of years where, uh, ever since Jenny uh, left uh, for Barcelona they they have always uh, seen this sort of consistent turnover after turnovers and that has made them a bit inconsistent a bit t- a team that can't be predicted like they'll go out and challenge Barcelona but then they'll underperform against teams you expect uh, them to win against. So, I don't know, a bit of consistency would be good for them. Uh, But yeah, so they have also announced uh, a new manager until the end of the season. Manolo Cano uh, will be the manager until the uh, end of the season. And yeah, we'll see how how this one goes and whether... uh, it sticks or not but yeah this was the implication of the of the derby yeah so that concludes the analysis for the Madrid derby first derby of the first Madrid derby of the season uh, and uh, once again Madrid is white we won the game 1-0 there are obviously issues that we have discussed that need uh, attention and that uh, some long-standing issues as well but yeah looking forward Next up, we have PSG, another big game, and this one has a lot on stake because with the way the group is, uh, the with the group is now in the Champions League, if we lose this tie, we are out. We have to not lose in order to remain in contention to be able to qualify for the knockout stages. 
a draw would would leave us uh, a draw would also be decent but that would uh, make us depend on PSG's result against Chelsea uh, if we win that's that's the perfectly ideal situation like if we win uh, the destiny is in our hand we have to just win against Lasnia irrespective of the result uh, for PSG but any other result and things are not entirely in our hand if we draw and if PSG managed to beat uh, Chelsea they would again go through but if we lose we are definitely out so there's a lot at stake uh, PSG even rotated some of their players against uh, Lyon on a big game for them but they managed to rest some of their key players like Lee Martins uh, was rested and Jackie Gronen was uh, also got like a few 15 minutes and stuff uh, if I'm not wrong so yeah it's going to be a tough game it's going to be a big one and there will be a lot of stake and we will be back to again dissect it and discuss everything that happened in that game so I think that is it do you have anything else to add Kanita um, no not really okay so we can wrap it up then uh, we'll be back for discussing the game against PSG in the Champions League and until then Ala Madrid Ala Madrid <laughs>